Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jam XP. On this episode, we are super excited to announce that we finally had our first band come on the podcast, a band hailing from Michigan City, Indiana. We had a wonderful time getting to know them and the music they're creating. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy our interview with Upstairs on Fire. We have Pardon? We have not been recording this whole time. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> you could have been on your worst behavior. Oh, not, it's, it's just about to start. So. It's not going to yeah. change. Go Can't wait. <laughs> Please introduce yourselves and the role you play in the band. Okay. Um, I'll go first. My name is Brian Rich. Uh, I play guitar and sing a little bit. <laughs> yeah not enough uh, uh get oh, out of here i'm scott i also play guitar and i also sing a wee bit more <laughs> i'm johnny i play drums and i do not sing tequila sings tequila every now and then if you yes. have to and uh, i'm michael i do the bass and uh i'm being coerced into singing uh as we speak oh yeah they're trying to coerce you all right. It's not going to take much. I just have to write a song. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, is there any defining moment any of you had that made you want to play the instrument that you do or aside from coercion, sing? I got demoted to be bass. So, yeah, I'm actually a guitarist. <clears throat> Isn't that usually how a lot of bassists go? Like, yeah. I was a guitar player, but they really needed a bass they player. So. Bassist, yeah. So, yeah, that yeah. is kind of how I notice yeah. it goes. Ten years ago yeah well, <laughs> we've all actually all of us have in this room been demoted to bass at some point in bands that we've been <laughs> i don't even play together. bass when i was demoted to um, bass, so you yeah. started learning it on your own yeah to, i figured one day you know? to, to answer your question uh i started out on drums actually it was my first instrument when i was about 10 and uh, my parents got me this little junior kit and i really enjoyed it and i occasionally sit behind a drum kit today and farther on when Johnny lets me. Um, but I don't know when, after a year or two of that, um, something about playing the guitar was cool. It looked cool. And at least at the time, it was a little bit cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not necessarily the case. Um, and I'm still playing guitar, or at least trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Sure. Um... I started playing music when I was seven with piano um, and, and rock kind of came into life a little bit later on. And if I had to pinpoint one exact defining moment, it's pretty easy for me. Uh, it's just seeing the music video for um, Basket Case by Green Day. Um, just I'd never seen anything like it before. Not not only the music, but just like the oversaturated um, kind of way they filmed it. Uh, it just kind of really hit home for me. So that kind of did it for me. That and just like listening to Metallica for years as a kid. Nice. My dad was a bass player, believe it or not. And <laughs> uh, I would sit and listen to him. And I kind of just started taking my sister's Barbie legs off and hitting things around where I can find them. Uh, and then my dad's like, well, he's doing that. Might as well get him a little drum set. So just kind of took to it and watched vh1 and mtv as a kid and tried to replicate and did band in school and then was in a cover band with a couple of these guys like 10 years ago and just kept playing and stopped for a while and then play again and then we finally got back together a few years ago so yeah i went to catholic school so i was in church uh uh and i you know i was in choir and wanted to sing and then i saw one of my buddies playing um guitar during the uh you know after after the everybody gets the Eucharist and I was like, man, that's so cool. Uh, I didn't know it. He was actually playing a, a, some Led Zeppelin like quietly during it. And like, that's when I started learning music and I heard that. So I ended up doing the same thing because I started playing for church and then playing some rock and roll during the uh, quiet moments. You know? True story. Uh, I went to the same church and uh, I had no idea who he was and he was playing a Metallica song before mass. And I was like, oh, that's that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you could play guitar in church. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was playing uh, Nothing Else Matters, I think. Oh, I sure don't remember yeah. what the actual song it was. But yeah. I just remember like turning to my brother, like, is that guy playing Metallica? Yeah. yeah. Ah. So, <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot that that, that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to sing, and guitar is something that you could do with it. So that's where I picked up guitar. Just wanted to nice. do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. So I saw on Facebook that the band is like 12 years in the making. Am I correct on this? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's yeah. a fact. Yeah. So what what is the exact origin story for the band? <clears throat> Starts with you guys. So I knew this question was certainly gonna. It's not about. It's uh, not an easy answer, is it? It's not. Um, well, from my recollection, and Scott and John, and I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. So I don't know. Around 2009 or 2008, uh, Johnny and I were in Mike's band called Never Never. Great band, by the way. Uh, great original music. Hey, thanks for the plug. Hey, no problem. Any anytime, anytime. On Spotify, go listen to it. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and Scott and I were in a band before then uh, called Aegis. Uh, super fun band. And I kind of wanted to get back to six-string guitar because I played bass in Never Never, which actually made me a much better guitarist, even though I'm still not super great at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we started writing kind of with phil the original bassist kind of for fun and then i think i just asked you to come in for a session yeah you and guys it, didn't really have a drummer and we had played together brian and i played together with mike michael and never never and we kind of got a well along well together and yeah had similar it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a project that i thought was gonna certainly last in any form or fashion or even come back over a decade later but we had a good time writing and recording like the couple tracks that we did back then um yeah and uh we kind of did our own thing for the last you know decade or more 12 13 years and covid hit and we all got really bored (laughs) to say the least and uh well some of us did um i had a kid and we had so uh, oh, that's true. We had, yeah. we had rejoined together right before I had my daughter, uh, Elaine. If you're listening, Elaine, <laughs> um, and uh, they're like, "Well, can you do this and have a newborn?" And I'm like, "Well, I'll, I'll sure as heck try." And uh, we get together as much as we can with a lot of us in relationships and have kids and jobs and, but um, yeah, we got together like you said. Like back in 2009 or 10, right? Yeah, somewhere around there, 2009. And I then think. did a few songs together, we recorded did. it like on a computer mic, just one mic. Yeah, I, I remember, in a room. I remember <laughs> our, our original bass player at the time, he was kind of off and on in college. And I remember him, I, you remember this when he was saying that he had to go back down to West Lafayette and he had the practice space to do it. So, kind of when he left, it was like, okay, well, we're not going to infiltrate our apartments or wherever we were living to keep this going. And it kind of just fizzled from that point. Right? Yeah. It, and, it, and your kids were young then too. Well, Simon was, well, Felix wasn't there yet. Before, oh, actually that was before, before Simon. I disbanded. Yeah. 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 None we, of us were like, yeah, no, yeah. We, it was close for you, but all we, of us were like not married and no kids. And yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so we kind of disbanded for a number of reasons. Um, I I wasn't a father yet, um, and and my wife and I had just actually started dating. Uh, the t- around the time the band kind of hit its peak back then, and you know just just life happens. You know, like the the band wasn't completely um the, the biggest priority I guess at that point. You know, you're, you're kind of veering into the late twenties, and it's like, oh crap, I better start a family before it's too late so uh for me personally it's just kind of became a bit of a well i, I just want to see what the rest of life about you know is about beyond music because gosh you know that that ever since i was 15 that was the dream so to to have the dream of music 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 to to kind of like be the the least important thing was something i was interested in trying out right cool so how did you guys come up with the band name i don't remember well it all started in a uh, pole barn in laporte indiana um we didn't have a name and then we all kind of like sci-fi action comedy type 
movies, like we're really into movies and stuff. And I came up with Save the Clock Tower, um, which was kind of still think almost immediately shot down because we thought people might call us Save the <laughs> Leap Tower. No, you sophomoric. Just... Yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> late 20s will be late 20s and uh and so we kind of just started shooting off other names and i think we just came up with upstairs and fire because it sounded cool <laughs> I, yeah i think uh, scott you came up with i that. definitely came I, up yeah, with yeah, scott, came, yeah. scott came up with i just it, said but... i just said the words i mean I, I could come up with some meaning and metaphors behind it from a couple different angles but i just like the sound of it and i was like yeah you could put a comma in there you could not put a comma in there just we, the, uh, very arbitrary. we did the exclamation point in there for <laughs> a hot second and then oh wait panic at the disco did that too but yeah. um well we yeah, can't bring nothing. it back because they're not together anymore so just kidding <laughs> <laughs> we could be panic at the upstairs on fire yeah just kidding. i, I yeah. want to share a very quick story much to what you were saying about uh, you know, late 20s, you wanted to see what else life had to offer. I worked at Verizon Wireless for a while in store when they had tech support in the store. I worked with a guy in a local pop punk band called This Changes Everything. And they played Battle of the Bands. They were trying to get on some bill. I don't remember who was playing. And I remember him saying, I mean, this is our chance. We're we're pushing 30. If we don't do it now, what the fuck are we doing? Um, <laughs> so he almost had like the complete opposite realization or moment that you did um because he was already married and had a kid at that point and he was kind of like if if i don't do it now then it's not going to happen um now to dial this back for a minute so we got the origin story uh kind of of the band how he got into playing um there were previous bands but was there a moment or a show that you had gone to where you saw a band saw someone perform live and you're like i want to do that in a band with a bunch of friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting um, real religious in here. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I absolutely have an answer for that. Um, so before I met Scott, and Jessica, you're going to love this, by the way. Um, this was in 2005. I'd been in bands before then, but not, you know, it was kind of just farting around, nothing too crazy, but my first like big rock show or not even big, but just like rock show, rock show was at house of blues in Chicago in Oh five. And it was story of the year. Of course I knew it was going there. The wake of determination tour. Um, I can't remember. I know it was story of the year in Anne Berlin. Yeah. Sure. I'm actually wearing an Anne Berlin shirt. Oh, <laughs> right on. Uh, I love Anne Berlin. Um, it's not, it's like a weird shirt too. No, I don't know. No, I love it. It's excellent. Um, Sorry, had a show. So I went. <laughs> great, looks great. So I went with uh, the bass player in my band at the time, and my girlfriend at the time, and there was someone else. Can't remember who it was, and it was the only like rock show. Like I fought to the front to get to the stage, you know, and that was like um, a life or death situation. By the time Story of the Year came out, and everyone just went, you know. Oh yeah. Um, but just the energy and seeing those dudes, at least back then, with the acrobats, like they would jump around and do the guitar world and the, you know, the the, the kicks and everything. I'm like, that's awesome. I'll probably never be able to jump in the air and do this, <laughs> but that's fucking cool. And I want to do this for real. So that was definitely my moment. For yeah, me. they yeah. still do that on stage, except for oh, yeah, and they're what they're at least 10 years older than I am. At least You're um still, still young you pushing can, 50 you can try <laughs> i think i think dance like 42 42 42 43 yeah he's not that old then yeah they're not super old oh, you're way and... older um yeah, Who, me <laughs> oh no 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 no, no. 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 Uh, <laughs> it'll stay in. we don't so cut a lot out it absolutely blew me away just <laughs> incredible I've been to so many local shows and those are great too, but seeing the production value and kind of send through the opening bands. And that was my introduction to Anne Berlin at the time. And yeah. I remember Christian just leaning over the stage right over me. And he like, like sweated, like a drip of sweat landed right here. He's not washed that spot. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into, yeah, I a 13 year old girl. And I, I ran into him in the hallway. I'm like, dude, okay. 
we all was, have our well, fangirl fanboy moments yeah, yeah. It's, it was great it was awesome yeah yeah what about you scott um i mean I, as, as far as seeing like a major act or just any live music in general, anyone, anyone anyone that really stuck out um i mean i guess i would go with ma- major act um i mean the first like decent sized concert i went to I was 15 or 16 and I saw Red Hot Chili Peppers in 311 at the Tweeter Center in Chicago. And, you know, I'd, I'd never been to a full scale concert before. So just, just seeing it for the first time was fantastic. And it made me want to do it. Nice. Uh, I went to OzFest 2004 with my sister okay. in Chicago. And uh, I was really into like metal at the time and uh, a tray you played. And they were pretty hot back then. I think you guys talked about Atreyu <laughs> yeah. on. Well, I mentioned Atreyu a lot. When you're yeah. angry. When so I'm like, angry, I, yeah. I thought <laughs> it bad was huge. Like that album yeah. was pretty popping. And I'm like, uh, man, these guys are killing it. Like, I'm a drummer. It'd be really cool to play like a, a like a, a show like this, you know, a festival or anything like that. And and I just got kind of like the bug like man i'd really like to play live in front of people and i still get chills and i still get like like the surge you get when you play and i hadn't played live in a long time and we just had a show together what three or four weeks ago yeah yeah and it wasn't like anything huge it was at a a local brewery here in uh, valparaiso indiana and really good period it was really four cool fa- four fathers, fathers yeah they yeah. were really cool to let us play it was kind of like a last minute addition mm-hmm. they had a band drop out and we came in and it was awesome shout out to frank good yeah frank good frank and good, forefathers in valparaiso indiana yeah. <laughs> um, and uh like man i really miss this you know just playing and um another big influence for me is coed and cambria i don't know if you guys are into them or not no yeah. i saw them in 2005 and uh I just really never a really big fan. Same. That band owned my soul for like yeah. eight to ten years. Like second stage really like was a big influence back when I was younger. And then Secret or Keeping Secrets was another great album. And so it's on your skin forever. It, yeah, I have a tattoo of the keywork <laughs> here. I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but I'll get closer later if you guys want to take a look at it or not. But sure, <laughs> why not? Yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, I showed my shirt. Chris yeah. showed his tattoo. Might as well have a sharing time. Sharing time. I'll just flip yourself over. Oh yeah, I'll yeah, get up. There we go. I guess I'll get up and show you guys. Gonna show <laughs> Here we go. Uh, Leg up. Can you see it? Yes. Yep. Yep. Nice. That would have been very arousing in the 1920s. <laughs> I mean, somebody somewhere's gonna listen to this. They're really excited. So. You're welcome. Yeah, they might. Maybe we'll even post this video and they can see your leg on the internet. Oh, oh check man. out the vids. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes OnlyFans. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. Is this the big announcement for OnlyFans? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we are a multimedia band, by the way. Uh, we'll put our yeah. camera up. All right. Multimedia. Me and Shane Gillis. No, no. He he's got like a sketch comedy thing called Gillian Keeves, and he's got a really funny skit called OnlyFans Dad. Worth checking out. Right. You guys will like it. OF Dad? Oh man. <laughs> we'll have to take a look. Money. Yeah. <clears throat> right on. Well, Michael. You said well, I thought I said earlier. church. Yeah. You said church. Church oh, is yep. his influence. Well, his answer for everything is church. Oh no, no, no yeah. No. Um Gosh, I mean, like, yeah, of course. I mean, that's the reason why I uh, picked up playing guitar. I was just seeing that for the first time. Uh, Matt Gowan, that's the guy who was playing guitar. Um, good friend, good friend, good old friend of mine. Um, but uh, he, um, as far as that goes, like, you know, just that's when I picked up guitar. But I mean, it, your idea of what rock and roll is and where you're going to play is quite nebulous when you're a kid. So like, you don't really know what's going to happen is over the years, you know, I went from being a Metallica fan and a Megadeth fan and learning all that stuff. And then slowly realizing that like, Oh man, I actually kind of like want to sing and write songs and uh, get into that. And then it was just like playing open mic nights. And then I was in abandoned college and then just, it just kind of kept snowballing from there. And um, 
I mean, I guess sort of it all really accumulated into what this band is right now because I'm playing with Brian, who was in my first band that I was fronting, and then Johnny was in the band too. Johnny is the founding member. Brian uh, came in on bass much later, and actually Scott came in on bass even later than that. And uh, and then it just kind of all came together. And one of the best things that came out of it, and um, I know we're talking about origins, but like, I mean, I, I like to brag about what we've done, of course. And, right. Um, you know, we got a great music video up on YouTube. Just that's just kind of a collaboration of everything. It's their songwriting production. We had a lot of help come in from uh, a couple of friends of ours to uh, video shoot Rye Buffington and Kayla. Uh, they helped us out um, on that one. And Jim Morris, our our forefather, shout out for in the production world. Shout out to Jim. Um, we were able to film a great music video to a great song that we recorded and we did it all ourselves. And that's, that's what we're doing now. So nice. We're more of the same for the future. <clears throat> All right. So my next question is that, you know, genres have changed and bended over the years. If you had to pick a genre or describe your sound to someone who's never heard your band before, what genre would you pick and how would you describe oh. your sound? <laughs> what would Jim say? Do you have like a hat with a bunch of genres in it because <laughs> we can just pull out like four or five and then read them off. Mm -hmm. That would be. I don't have a hat, unfortunately. Okay. I don't know. So, so we released three songs relatively early on when we got kind of, you know, got back together and had Mike come in. And I would say that those three songs certainly are different from, we have two, we have two newer songs and we have a third one in the pipe. And there's certainly similarities between all six of them, but I don't know, like the first three were definitely more, definitely more of like a pop rock aspect to it with some intricacies um but this newer stuff it's different i don't know like there's still that melodic aspect to it vocally i mean we're all melodic guys yeah i know you are too john so that's that, that's not going to change but i had this conversation i i had a beer down at a bar down the road for coming over here and i was talking with the bartender um and he asked he asked me the same question and I said indie pop rock, but I know that's not going to be completely factual. I mean, and right. everyone who listen to it kind of put their own spin to it from what they hear, what they know, <clears throat> what their experiences are. Um, as Michael chuckles when I say indie pop rock, <laughs> let's, hear, let's hear your take. Uh, it's an American rock band. See, I like that. So we we briefly talked on another podcast how or an episode <laughs> where like what we would have considered post-hardcore or pop-punk, you know, 15 years ago, when we were looking for new bands and those genres to listen to and we pulled them up, it was not how we would have defined it. And so that's actually why we've started to turn away from genre labeling band recommendations on the podcast now, because it's it's so <laughs> different well, compared to... Take like the evolution of uh, punk rock, you know, or punk just from the 70s, to punk what it is today or even oh, yeah. when it started in the late 70s to emo what it's considered today they don't mean anything <clears throat> and it, it the meanings keep changing e uh, indie is fun because like indie ended up becoming a sound and it started as actually a business model so it didn't even start with a sound it started with like no we're just independent and then that became its own thing so I just call it a rock band and it's American rock band because we sing in English. We're all from America, you know, but like, I don't need to describe it because either you're going to like it or you're not. And right. uh, I, I just like being ambiguous in that way because you just let other people put I labels on it and it's fun. I think you know? it's really cool to be ambiguous because you can pull a lot of different people into what you're doing. Um, it's cool to have different songs be different things with a general outline of like who we are i guess like right. we can have a general sound and then each song kind of sound like a different genre almost like that that to me is really interesting yeah, yeah. like i don't want to check just one box in the the genre sat test you know i want to <laughs> be able to say well this song is a little more dancey or this one's a little more 
post-hardcore. Mm-hmm. This one's a little more emo and also dancey. Like it's fun. I like I like kind of twisting and turning the expectations of what people think we should sound like or what we should sound like. So yeah, yeah. I'll say, um just to chime in real quick, I'll be brief. Um I definitely don't like answering this question. I, I like to, I like to just say we're a rock band or we're indie rock. Um but I mean everybody sees things and views things like you say differently. The meanings change over time. Um and, and people from different ends of the spectrum musically will will look at it in more of one light or another. Um and I won't name this person, but there's like a pretty prominent person in the local music scene, which is predominantly metal and hardcore yeah michigan and, city indiana is like hardcore metal yeah. so this person metal uh, i just saw him out and about and i was like yeah we're gonna get this band going again he's like oh yeah i heard you guys that's pretty good stuff and also and i tried to kind of describe it as sort of progressive sort of indie he's like oh you guys are a new band and it's like oh, okay it's, yes. it was almost dismissive the way no. he said it, but it's like okay that's that's a, that's your point of view and that's fine you can have that yeah one. i mean because of the emo revival Every band now is an emo band. <laughs> I suppose that's kind of what they're making it into. Oh, oh looks oh. like we just for yeah, Jesse froze for a minute. Yeah, yeah for yeah, a yeah. second. Yeah. Ah, well, and especially I liked how we all held our breath. Yeah, we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, the um, another thing which is always one thing that to touch on what Johnny said is that like. I think that people have a tendency to like use a label to put themselves in a box and I'd hate to like have to be like, oh, we're in a hardcore band and you just expect everything to have a breakdown in the middle of it with a chonk, chonk, chonk or something sound in there. Like I like not defining it just because it allows us to do whatever the hell we want as opposed to like have to be a band that fits inside of a scene. And it's 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 just not. It's not for me because I mean Brian's gonna write a song completely like Brian. Scott's gonna write a song completely like Scott. Me as well. The last song is the most collaborative song that we've ever recorded. Should be coming out sometime soon, and it's all of us doing our own thing. And it's grand. It's great. I, I mean, it's so good. And uh, gosh, I wish it was out so you guys could listen to it. But it'll come out soon. But that's it. Sounds so completely different than what we started as. So yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, why genre it too hard? It's just rock and good time with it. All right. So I'm going to rewind a little bit. You mentioned writing in the, what the last question. So who does the writing in the band and what is your process? A lot of yelling. Not in the song. Just kidding. We don't yell in the song. We just yell yeah. to get the song written. That's yeah. so what I know. <laughs> uh these guys mostly start off with the ideas is brian and scott has been like the progenitors of it yeah so um i mean per, you know brian and i used to be in a band as we mentioned called Aegis, and, and before that it was called ruins of an exploding star briefly um and and at that time um brian was pretty much just singing backup and playing guitar and i was singing lead vocals um but he he had uh other bands and he's got you know a lot of singing and writing experience so when we did upstairs the whole um, impetus of it was it's going to be a 50-50 split, you know? It's like, you can do a song, I'll do a song. Whoever writes the song predominantly can kind of take lead vocals on it. And that's kind of where it started off. And and yeah, um, at the second go around, it's just kind of slowly <laughs> devolved into just more of a collaborative effort rather than a, I got mine and you got yours sort of thing. Yeah. Have you uh, ever had any kind of lyrics or riffs come from unusual places? Not specifically. I mean, yeah. Them. Well, sure. Um, you have some lyrics. Always oh, okay. Lyrics. <laughs> Me. Um, okay. Like the back of a Volkswagen. Like the back of a Volkswagen. Uh, <laughs> no. Like I, I find inspiration for songs in 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 in, in, in like song titles in weird places, video games pre- predominantly, and and movies. Um, uh, we have a song called "Brothers in Triangles" that is mostly. Um, inspired by adam's family values i i, I won't like kind of shout out to adam's family values how and why but it's 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 a metaphor for being a brother and and getting along with my brothers and likening it to uh fester and gomez in that sequel a lot nice cool 
So out of the singles you guys have released, is there a specific one you would suggest a first-time listener listen to? Probably SOS. I mean, that's like our our deepest single, like the one with the music yeah, video attached to it. It's it's definitely the the song that's easiest to, you know, on the palette, no matter where you kind of come from, genre-wise or historically. Um it's just a it's a it's a it's a rock song you know, yeah very and just super easy to to listen to so i guess <laughs> big vocals. i mean i mean we kind of when we before we shot the video we only had a couple songs at the time to choose from to shoot the video for and that one just kind of landed on it i don't think i mean we talked about it but i think we decided sos was our was our single was our hit yeah. Because uh, it had, I feel like it had like the catchiest chorus at the time, and it was a really good like even keel tempo for what we do, and um, it had like the the bridge similar to Brothers and Triangles where it slowed down, but um, it's actually a different time signature. Yeah, different time <laughs> signatures for sure. Oh, that recording process was yeah. so hard. Yeah. Oh. yeah forgot about that you write songs in different time signatures uh it gets really fucking cool but it's fun <laughs> yeah uh, and people liked it you know so yeah it, anybody listening check out sls yeah, that's what I, that's what i would recommend yeah. you have anything different? head straight to youtube straight to youtube yeah yeah so with how singles are released now widely over like streaming platforms and social media do you find it difficult to self-promote or do you wish there were other avenues to do self-promotion like you know myspace was great back in the day because you just made a band page and you plopped all your stuff on there and followed all your similar bands and it was pretty easy back then but it seems to have changed quite a bit now i think it's a little easier now it's easier yeah there's a lot more platforms to go on to like spotify amazon apple youtube uh you could promote on instagram and facebook twitter um which we're not really doing we're not really doing Twitter too no. much, but um, it's right? not even called Twitter anymore, right? No, it's X. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to X. It's made easier now because I mean, we just do DistroKid and then just dump yeah, yeah, everything, is... but just goes to out into the internet world. And... Yeah, frisbees are stuff. Well, we're, we're just kind of getting started. I mean, we've I mean, we'll we'll, we'll blast this stuff on our you know social media pages, but we done our first show just a few weeks ago. We have another one coming up next weekend, so. Even looking back, you know, 15 years ago during the MySpace, you know, era when when that ruled the world, it's about getting it's about physically getting out there and playing yeah. the music. You know, I mean, you can promote it to death online, you know, and your family and your friends are going to watch it and support you, which is awesome, by the way. I'm not complaining, but if you really want to connect with people, you got to get out there in person and do it. And I know that's wasn't really something that was easy to do these last few years with COVID. But I think we're kind of getting past that. And um, that's been the trick for, I don't know, 70 years. Yeah. <laughs> Get out there right. and play in front of people, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, Which, live live is always better. Yeah, yeah, we're sure. starting to get into that now. And uh, I'm kind of grateful we had the time to not play live because we were able to be together in a space and write and record and make the music video and we had a lot of time to talk, not just record the music and write the music, but just just sit down and kind of talk about the music too. Mm-hmm. Especially with the songs, you know, the first three releases were old songs. I mean, these are songs that were written, um, you know, 12 years ago or more. And just kind of bringing those back to life, going through the recording process, yeah. which Michael's been fucking pro, uh, herding us cats into that whole thing. Shout out to Mike. Um, because that was impossible 12 years ago. It really was. I mean, you had to go to a studio somewhere, come up with the funds, and the technology has made it well. You know, it's it's possible to do it yourself um, for a relatively small amount of money. I say relatively, and with the know-how, you know. Right. Yeah. The the tough part is though, is that like rele- releasing your stuff online and having expectations are are two different things. Like, it's great that we can just throw it out there, but even in the MySpace era, back in the day, like you throw your stuff out there and like the chances of going viral are probably worse than being uh, going full rock star to tell you the truth. I mean, it's, you're shooting the moon anyway, you slice it. So, yeah, I mean, 
if we had a media team and all sorts of different people coming up with ideas to throw on TikTok and everything, maybe it'd be different. But I think most of us are just kind of happy to be musicians and write music and do the music thing as opposed to worry about, I don't know, being well, popular. Well, I mean, we, we certainly want people to come out because they saw our post on Instagram or Facebook or people that haven't seen us before that live nearby or they, they saw an ad or something or somebody told them word of mouth like, hey, like my friend's friends in this band or my friend of a friend knows a person or whoever that we've seen them live and they're really good. You should check them out. Like, I don't think we're looking for Wembley Stadium anytime soon, but <laughs> um, just to get out and play what we love to do, you know, like if it's at a bar or if it's at, if you guys want to promote our new, our show coming up this Saturday, um, we're playing the Michigan city Oktoberfest Saturday, September 2nd at noon down at the Washington park beach at sunset, sunset grill. Yes. Um, nice. There's 52 bands playing that weekend and we were lucky enough to be one of those bands. So yeah, that's a lot of bands, uh, Tim Bauer and Michigan city parks and Oktoberfest in Michigan city. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we're not, I don't think, I, I hate to speak for everyone, but I don't think we're looking to play Wembley or, <laughs> you know, uh, Madison Square Garden. I think we're just happy right now playing for our friends and trying to create new music and just have fun. So, yeah, you know, the, the stadium shows and that whole idea for me was, you know, 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, that was it, really and it was a, it was a legit, you know, site and you know if so if you know someone At popped up behind us and said hey you guys are playing uh uh a big stadium show next weekend i think Opening we'd be pretty the... excited about it but sure yeah it's but, not something you know, that it's, we're really it's not that's not why we're doing this right you know the the drive behind it's a little different than it was when we were younger and yeah happy to still to still do it i think right uh, very happy to be doing it <laughs> Yes, playing guitar is fun. You know, it's it's a good time. Yeah. So you guys are working on a new song. Is there anything you can tell listeners about it, or is it top secret? With the juicy beats. Well, I mean, it's we can tell them anything. (laughs) No. Yeah, we'll tell you all sorts of things about a song that you know you probably should hear. Yeah, this is uh, this new song's um, kind of birth from Scott. You know, it's in the key of E. <laughs> Get nerdy about it. Uh, yeah. Called Night Owl, and it's a little different than what you guys may have heard online. It's a little more straightforward dance rock, kind of dancey, kind um, yeah. a little more just not as like time change signature changes what we you know what we're used to well kind of kind of circling back to what we talked about earlier is it's more collaborative you know we spent a pretty you know a pretty fair amount of time on the first three songs rebirthing these old songs getting michael involved getting his spin on those songs then we released another song called comeback girl which was a departure from that kind of sound a little bit but this song is it's really a true representation of what this band is which is nice. and um once it's released um i think folks that have heard the previous material will be able to tell the difference in a good way in a good way that's yeah. good that's good yeah. so it's exciting so many bands are influenced by other bands do you guys have any bands that you're influenced by musically oh, that... i was waiting for this here we go yeah. oh. of yeah. course there's always that question yeah. every musician's like let me talk about what I love. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Start us off, Brian. I like how I'm at the beginning of the circle. So, I mean, you know, I thought I'll about this right a back. little bit throughout my nine to five job today about this particular question. And, you know, the my answer would change depending on when you ask me. You know, if you were to ask me this five years ago, it'd be probably this lineup of bands. And five years before that, it'd be this lineup of bands. But there's there's only been two bands that have resonated with me throughout my adolescent and adult life at least as a songwriter and the first band in person would be brian wilson and the beach boys 
these guys absolutely know that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Brian Wilson, over the Beach Boys. Sure. Brian Wilson is my absolute hero. Um, I'm very lucky I got to work with him one time in my live audio career. Um, so that's number one. And the number two would be Angels and Airwaves. Okay. Absolutely love. Uh, you know, I'm a big Blink fan, of course, too. But I remember when Tom started that band when Blink had their first hiatus. And I heard the adventure for the first time. I'm like, this is it. I love Blink, but this is it. I mean, the arena rock sound and that album came out and it was so, it was so much deeper than the Blink stuff. And that has resonated with me since 2006. I think that's when that album came out. So I'm just going to say those two bands for me. Here we go. Oh, I'm. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, we can skip order. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, I mentioned them earlier, but Coheed and Cambria is a huge influence on me. Um, this, I kind of break it away from that. Like I've been influenced by the Strokes since I heard last night back in 2001 when I had to download it on dial-up. <laughs> took three days. Um, <laughs> I had to kick my mom off the phone to try to finish downloading it. Yeah, the, the Strokes were a huge influence. Uh, first time I heard Hot Fuss by the Killers, like that was a huge influence on me. Samstown even more. Shout out Samstown. Um, <laughs> Best album out there. Uh, Strokes, the Killers, Coheed. Um, I'm really into, lately I've been really into Manchester Orchestra. Um, they have some really good albums and I've kind of been addicted to it lately last six months or so so and then Rush I mean being a drummer you can't not say Rush as an influence um what's that <laughs> uh so Rush um yeah I, I'm pretty eclectic when it comes to to music I kind of like I even like Sky. You guys were mentioning Sky your last episode. I have a real big fish tattoo as well. I love Sky music. It's the only music that's ever been existed. It's the only music ever. Yeah, Sky. Yeah. Sky <laughs> owners of music. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah. And then I was a metal kid when I was in high school. So like Atreyu and Dead to Fall and uh, you know a bunch of those other bands I was really into when I was younger. So. Um, I'm pretty much a mixed bag and it kind of, it kind of shows in my playing. Um, I try to be as eclectic as possible when writing with them, writing drum parts. So what about you, nice. Michael? Um, yeah. So like, I just, uh, you know, I don't know, like uh, my favorite band's killers. So that's kind of like the guiding star of a lot of things, but I started with music a lot earlier. So like, um, uh, I don't know the the nineties were the thing. I mean, I did a lot of metal when I was younger, and um, believe it or not, I actually listened to a lot, a lot of country when I was in high school. But um, the uh, I don't have a really good answer other than like early two thousands, like the Strokes, Franz Ferdinand, Killers, MGMT, just basically all the bands that Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix is a big one for us, or for me, I should say. Um, but like, uh, yeah, that was that. That's the long and short of it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna throw. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. It's it's there, there's a lot of things that influence you at, at many points throughout your life. Um. A lot of different bands. Jimmy World had a big impact on me. Ooh, yeah. Thursday thrice. Um. When you get exposed to those things and they, they kind of they kind of shift something. Um. But what I find to be really interesting to me is being inspired more by stuff that, that you d don't really have in your wheelhouse, uh, whether it's like a pop song or there there's, uh, you guys probably heard of the band Sleep Token. They're really not anywhere near to our genre, but I actually found an immense amount of inspiration from that guy's vocal process and, and his lyric writing uh, as I was working on this last song. So even though you really can't draw any parallels between them, like, it gave me like a certain kind of fuel and inspiration, to be honest. Um, and then also on, on another weird way to look look at things, there's there's bands that I completely adore that I just listen to nothing but that over and over again. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm obsessed with this band. I'm obsessed with this album. And, and it never 
just, it cannot even crack into my writing at all because it can't break past this weird layer of meisms or maybe earlier works that that kind of shaped my uh, writing style. Like I sing pretty high vocals and, and that's certainly primarily attributed to Coheed and Cambria fandom and, and enjoying that band. Um, so it's it's kind of funny how some stuff that I want to do differently can't really crack past some of those preconceived things for me. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a twist on this. So we're talking about band influences. Uh, all this is semi-similar. Um, the best example I can give here is the inspiration for the movements of Jack Sparrow came from Mick Jagger. Okay. Yeah. What influence, if any, have you taken into your stage presence? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Wear black and keep your instrument as low as possible. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty influenced on stage presence. You're pretty influenced on Tom DeLonge. I mean, there's, well, yeah, there's certainly some time in there. I mean, now granted, it was my first, with the exception of open mic nights, which were kind of different. Beats. This is just Thursday, but, Wednesday nights, you know. But, you know, we, we did the show a few weeks back and it was my first you know, like original band show in about nine years. And um, I just wanted to not look boring, I guess, from, <laughs> from the other side. So, you know, I moved around and I kind of, I mean, I wanted to jump on that that sub and just like do shit. <laughs> no. And I'm like, nope, we're over 40. Dude. You know, I stretch, I do push-ups, you know, and I'm like, yeah. I would fall on my ass. Um, you wanted to be story of the year. I did. <laughs> I like, mix between Ryan Phillips and Tom DeLong would be me on stage if I could do both, um, just from a visual aspect. But um, you know, after that show was done, and you know, we played. In, we were supposed to play outside, but it rained like thirty million inches of yeah, water that crazy night. Storm, yeah. Um, and I was just we we played thirty minutes. And just looking back on some like cell phone feeds and whatnot, I'm like, yeah, I did move around a lot, but I was drenched in sweat after that. And I didn't really move around as much as I thought I did. No. <laughs> so you look at the video, you look at the playback and you're like, it's yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say time to long and um, Ryan Phillips for influences for me. Um, yeah. So I was in a band in high school when I was 17, a pop punk band called Blackfoot Dexter. And we played a couple of shows. Um, we kind of absconded and went some places, but we played with um, Thursday at the Rhino and we played with um, Taking Back Sunday in South Bend at the same year. So I think both of those um, sorts of experiences really shaped me for what, what a, a band performing should uh, classically look like. Um, you know, just be as sassy as possible. And, and throughout my early 20s was the main goal. <laughs> You're not throwing around the mic like Adam or anything. No, I would <laughs> I would not dream of it. Like, <laughs> we have to be as sassy as possible while keeping the mic in hand. Yeah. <laughs> hands full. Like, no one's walking around with just a mic. Like, I mean, we're, we're all playing instruments at the same time. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's no front oh, man. So far. Maybe we'll get you up there with just a mic. Huh? Uh-oh. <laughs> Breaking news. No, we did that once. It was bad. Did we? Yeah. Oh, well, we, yeah, we yeah, 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 no, we did do that. Yeah. In our band Aegis, yeah. uh, briefly, I, 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 we got another sure. guitar player and I just sang for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it didn't last long. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't uh, round sure him up like Adam did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, I guess it's me now. Um, I take great influence in Josh from Coheed and Ronnie from The Killers. I just want to look like I'm having fun. Um, sometimes it may look like I'm struggling or I'm in pain, but it's just, <laughs> you know, uh, part of the process and, uh, just look like I'm know what I'm doing and I really can't move around, you know, cause I'm stuck behind the drum set. Yeah. Um, but, and we don't let them out of there. Yeah. They really just tie me down, uh, <laughs> in there. So. Um, yeah, just kind of look bubbly, you know, look like I'm having a good time, look like I know what I'm doing, um, and make sure that all these guys, including myself, stay in time, which I like to kind of take off like a freight train, especially yeah, when we're playing live. We lock eyes 
yeah. a lot. We, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, just look like I'm, I know what I'm doing, you know, and having fun. So what? I don't know. It's like, no, I just play the bass, man. I just, yeah, there's <laughs> time. Um, no, no, no influence of that. No, no, not really. I think, I mean, look, all my favorite rock stars were, you know, guys who, um, who mostly just by virtue of playing cool music, they were cool, you know, like, um, I don't know, like James Hetfield just stands there and, you know, he's James Hetfield, you know, like he does that. That was, that was a big one when I was growing up. So that's, that's how it was. Like, I never really got into like the whole antics or anything like that. So, I mean, I like the fashion aspect of it from like, like, like David Bowie perspective and everything, but I mean, we're, uh, we are who we are in a rock band in the Midwest. You're not really going to be putting on, you know, all the different outfits and everything. You know, just, just have a great time and don't be boring. And I'm, but I think this comes from the fact that our music isn't boring. So it's got to have good music. It's Otherwise, it's look cool when the music sounds good. So right, yeah. So you guys mentioned you had your first show a few weeks ago. How did you guys feel about that show prior to playing it? Like, were you nervous? Excited? Excited. Definitely yeah. excited. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we, were, we were certainly all excited. Right, you're still coming I, down off the yeah, high. You know, yeah. you know, just, just driving to the gig, you know, during, you know, fucking hurricane, essentially. You know, <laughs> about my equipment, surviving, uh, the trip to the show um you know i remember once our intro started and we you know we've gone through in. gone through the motions and like oh fuck all right now it's going yeah <laughs> you know, right with this, with this intro and yeah. um i just remember turning my back to the audience and i looked at you quite a bit I was like, why are well, you staring at me? You know, I love you, but I really don't know why guys, I was staring at you. you I have nothing else eyes. to stare at. Um, uh, you guys lock eyes all the and, time, uh, apparently. Um, you know, and then we, you know, our newest song started off the, the, the show. And I just locked in the first couple of notes of, of my my riff on that song. And then um, it was just like I hadn't taken a break for nine years. It just picked right back up to back in those days for me. So, yeah nice yeah absolutely amazing it was like yeah. riding a bike you know we hadn't played live and like brian said a long time and just got back up on that schwinn and let the let the you know indoor outdoor sound system take over and hopefully you know not flub up and yeah. and, and if i might add just real quick you know it's one thing to play you know, I've been privileged where I've played some big shows in my career and in other bands, like, you know, fairly large shows with a lot of strangers. But that show for this band, like our debut show, there were so many family members yeah. and friends there yeah, that, that we've really known. Cool. And that was not only just, I mean, it was nerve wracking for me until we actually got going. It's like sitting through the intro, like, okay, I just want to go. But the fact that all, you know, like family and friends there make it so much more nerve wracking for me than just people i don't know so it doesn't really make me nerve-wracking i've disappointed them so much in life that that i'm just doing that at a show wouldn't be that big of a deal um oh, my but son, that's just for me that's all and my son was at the show too yeah. so that was new for me you know he's gonna be four in a week in a couple weeks so you know i've done hundreds and hundreds of shows in my career and to have my son there was certainly special too so it was just a great show for uh for family and friends for at least this band and there's of course some new friends there too oh yeah for sure yeah yeah a lot of the bands were super cool yeah. Yeah. i mean it could be like a dream tour who wants to tackle this one first <laughs> i think scott's is, is, this, scott, is this like a, a per person question or no no no, no, what no we should as a band collectively like what would make sense as a a, a tour yeah i mean it could be each individual if you had a kind of a dream tour okay that you could take the band on tour with three other bands mm. i know I all the bands that i played with as a kid like yeah. when when i was younger like uh lying to jennifer that's tim bowers band 
uh sorry wait, wait, wait. are they indigo are they indigo are they indigo yeah. lying to jennifer so tim bowers band jason dank's band who else was in that crowd because you guys i hadn't met yet pending paranoia pending paranoia mammals are a very local like 20 year ago yeah bands. yeah i take all of michigan city's like indie rock little darling community that we had when i was you know coming up and take all those guys on tour like that was it was great seeing all those mm. bands. I still listen to all the music too. It'd be a nice nostalgia tour. I'll go ahead and answer by just picking my, my top three favorite bands since high school, I'll say. Um, so that, that would be in no particular order. Um, Circa Survive. Um, it would be Coheed and Cambria. And it would be Everything Everything. Oh, that's a good band. Yeah. Nice. I'm struggling over here. I'm sweating bullets. I'm, He's uh, like, I'm last. There was a band called Edison Glass that oh, ruled. Yes. They're not around anymore, but if we had the opportunity to play with them, that would be great. So Edison Glass and Berlin, because uh, we, I think our, our one of our big, bigger influences is Anne Berlin. I don't know if we talked about. Big girl. Yeah, you know. Man, big girl. Anne Berlin? Yeah, uh, it's something different. I mean the "Don't Take Friendship" personal album. Yeah, that that that, that was really for, for me the only one that I ever really. Oh, and a band called May. May's May great. rules. May too. suspension. Oh. Yep. So those three: Coheed, Berlin, and May, and Edison Glass. Okay, so in in the moment, I'm gonna watch this back later. And be like, okay, Why did I feel you say this. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go uh, Blink One Eighty Two, Small Pools, and Owl City for me that's a that's a different uh that's an eclectic group yeah that, that would be my three right now absolutely all right well i don't know chris did you have any other questions i don't i had another question but i'm throwing it out i don't like it <laughs> it's, it's like, garbage it's garbage it's in the garbage yeah it's gone it's gone i have a question for you guys yeah well listen to any of our music that's available i oh. have you have okay yes i have not had the opportunity okay. so both my kids are uh they're in between summer camp and school yeah it's <laughs> so hard. and i work from home so uh my three weeks yeah. are i'm gonna call it balancing work and home life there's no balance uh and my kids know. my kids are 13 and 4 and you would think, oh, oh great, the thirteen-year-old is going to help out, and no, it's like they're no, quite, he's a teenager. They're yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's quite the gap. So I have not okay. had the opportunity since we got since Jess told me you guys were coming on. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So now his homework will be to listen to you guys because we, we like to give you each love other giving homework. Me homework. <laughs> Jess, what did you think? Super. That was bi- good. I really liked it. I mean, I think there was an older song I liked a lot more but okay. like i resonated with it more i can't remember what it was called i'd have to look it up i don't okay. know name the names off uh <laughs> my neighbors all at once now. everybody <laughs> said the same one. One, two, i love this request of just list uh, all your songs right now so we have <laughs> or sos we have brothers and triangles we have zombies ate my neighbors the zombie song that's the oldest one of all of them. Apparently, I like the oldest one uh, the Scott, most. Scott but... and I wrote that one actually, even with a different drummer. Yeah, yeah. for um, me. This this wasn't even a it wasn't even an Aegis or up or a Ruin song. It was just a song. Right? Uh no, it was Ruins. What's the Ruins? It was Ruins. That, yeah, that song's like 16. Or yeah, 17. so no, that was 2006, I think. And it's aged like a yeah. fine wine, I tell you. The song's great. It's really easy to sing, too. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have tell uh, you what. uh CBG Comeback Girl. That's one of our newer ones online. See, I like that one too. Yeah. That was a good one. That was the newest one, right? That's, yeah. yeah, that's the newest yeah. one. That's, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to hear the next one when it releases. So and we are super excited to release it. <laughs> coming soon. It's close. It's, yeah. Coming it's soon. Cr- yeah, it's it's really great. You heard it, you heard it here live. Yeah, it's you can easily hear- my favorite, even though it's the newest, but just yeah. in general, every aspect of the song, it's my favorite. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Well. So yeah. Yeah. Um 
And thank you for the interview. Yeah, really thanks, yeah. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> you guys on here. You're yeah. technically our first band interview, so we're hoping really? to get more. So yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm I was glad to listen to some of the episodes and I was wondering what, what this was gonna look like. And it's been a lot of fun. I well, mean I mean with podcasting well. and with podcasting and like video and everything now, it makes it a lot easier to get together with people. Yeah. You don't have to be in the same room as the person you're interviewing, mm -hmm. which is great. It makes it a lot easier. It was a lot harder when I used to interview bands in person. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. It was great. I had fun. I hope you had fun. Jess, it's so good to talk with you and see you again, even in this light. Right? It's weird it's because <laughs> I know it has been a long time. I think it was like Teresa's backyard is the last time I saw yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I know Phil was there. Uh, Tim Wakefield was there. Ah, uh, the good old days. <laughs> ah, yes, the yeah. good old days. There's some there's some photos on the old interweb somewhere of that, right? It's got to be. There was stuff on MySpace, but MySpace. I lost all my oh. MySpace crap. Didn't they delete oh, all that yeah. shit? If you guys, you know, anybody listening still has MySpace, go ahead and add us because uh, we're on MySpace. We're on MySpace. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're on MySpace. I mean, technically, I still have a MySpace, but yeah. none of the pictures work Everybody's and none of the images <laughs> load. <laughs> Nothing works. Exactly. <laughs> you guys, top 10 for friends. Yeah. You know? yeah. Top 10. I mean, I had like a top 50 at one point, probably. Yeah. So who's bragging now? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys take care. Thanks. Yeah, thanks you, again. You guys well. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that does it for our first band interview. We'd like to thank Upstairs on Fire again for coming on the podcast and being awesome. Thanks again to our listeners for tuning in. As always, please share the podcast with everyone you know. And of course, like, follow, and subscribe on all our social media accounts. Until next time, definitely check out Upstairs on Fire listen to some of our other fabulous episodes, and take care.